0: I'm looking like I'm rapping, I'm just putting the ABC, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H... Um, you, can, like, <laughs> see, like, you can put like every rap song, it. it works if you just say the ABCs. Yeah, 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 you just need to be convinced <laughs> about that.
1: Welcome back to the Young Artists Podcast. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, Anna Belen, uh, who is an extremely talented artist and my fellow student at the Royal College of Art. Anna comes from Germany and she's an incredible painter. Can you introduce yourself a little bit?
0: Oh, thank you so much for that warm welcome, Natalia. Um, yes, I started painting really when I was uh, a young girl, but never had the courage to, to to pursue it as a career. So my debut was in 2020 with uh, Gallery Melville-Conan in Hamburg, Germany. And I would describe my art as a hyper-contemporary uh,
1: abstract painting. So, um Your debut was just before the pandemic hit, right? It was actually within
0: the pandemic. Okay. Which is incredible because uh, it was also the opening of the gallery actually. So um, the um, talented gallerist Stella Mabie-Conan and her husband made the debut, not only the debut, but actually making it to uh, like one of the top 100 power galleries uh, within Corona. Okay, And that is an incredible, um, inc- incredible work, of course, and I'm so happy that I could participate in that growth also as a young striving artist um, to participate in that growing of the gallery. And yeah, that's something really special and unique and I'm really proud of being part of that
1: uh, yeah, gallery. That's amazing and this is actually really brave both for you and for the gallery to start at such time. But I can see that it was a really powerful move because you're doing great. And I am actually fascinated with your art, looking from the perspectives of the topics that you paint about. Um, You have a background in psychology, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you say a little bit how your background influences the topics of your art? Yes,
0: so it all starts with the research and of course also the um, context and why you paint and what topics inspire you in your process so my work really is about looking behind the facade Um, you can notice that also in the way i paint i work the canvas from both sides and it resembles the process that i'm also going through my personal development um, by finding um, my inner motives and just exploring them discovering them and art is a form for me to um, explore my inner worlds, but also okay. reflect on topics that emerge within um, research. That is, of course, influenced by the studies because we had like um, heavy learning about <laughs> how to research a topic and how to uh, ask questions that people might not dare to ask themselves. So yeah, it's really about provoking
1: your inner, yeah, challenging your inner worlds. So do you feel like uh, the Studying psychology actually drove this passion in you to explore your inner self or it was there before you started and you always painted about your emotions and what was happening?
0: I think it's the other way around actually. So I studied uh, business and psychology. So um, you had like the classical psychology studies, but also combined with the business part. And I think it was not that I that my studies in psychology evoked my painting as form of reflection. It was the other way around. I always had a deep uh, interest in exploring the human psyche. And that's why I, uh, painted in that way but also studied psychology of course now that i um studied in that field i um bring that into my practice but i think that is nothing special it, i think everybody brings in their own personal development in their practice if you for example studied like medicine you would of course also um refer to it yes i think yeah. that's really something everybody does
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true, and artists often paint from their experiences. It's very, uh, it's all, it's never detached from what they've been through. Can you bring one of the paintings that means a lot to you, that you painted, or your favorite one, or just one that is important to you, and tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yes, Um, there's one specifically coming to my mind because um, it is called Der Wasserträger, which is German and means like the carrier of water. And it's about the city of Hamburg and my personal roots in the city of Hamburg. And I paint... uh, So in Hamburg, there was a tradition where like a water carrier would come and it was like a figure. He always wore like a cylinder and had like two buckets of water and he would always bring the water to the households. That is like a symbol of the city now. There you see a lot of these water carriers um, standing around. And I painted this water carrier in more of a female form. Okay. Um, And it actually... I didn't like that painting because... It was so much of my personal history that I was expressing through that symbols of the city but also symbols of femininity that I didn't like it because I couldn't look at it because it was so emotional. Okay. So what I did is I ripped it, ripped it apart.
1: Oh really? <laughs> I,
0: I, I didn't like it. And then um, my gallerist, Stella Mary-Conan, she came to my atelier and she was uh, we were thinking about a new exhibition and it was about um, the power of women and she um, uh, worked for in that time, I mean she still does, but in that time she worked a lot also with African artists from Abidjan and she saw that painting and she was like so I showed her all the nice paintings that I painted and I, I really loved them and I was said like, look at these colors and this one and this and this one she was not really interested and then she said like what is this and I was like oh that's just trash that's don't don't worry and she was like no I like it I was like actually it was bigger I ripped it apart so <laughs> there was only like a, a small part there <laughs> and she was like no I love it and um, then I was like okay if you want it then like okay I, I put it to the I give it to the frame maker and then the frame maker um, um made like a made, made it uh, on a nice wooden canvas and then um we exhibited it and it was actually selected for the 70s anniversary of the institut francais in hamburg which was a huge honor for me oh um, wow so there is like paintings of like gerhard richter hanging there right and then like yeah, my painting that's, and then that's it, so amazing it was such a, and it was directly sold to Um, a collector that actually became a a really close person to me because he um, bought so many paintings and really supported me in my career and I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that a lot. So um, I think that was really a strong because it had such a strong connection to myself, I didn't really want to sell it, and that's why it sold
1: so fast. Okay, <laughs> well, yeah. that's amazing Like how uh, you had the courage to rip your painting apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always I go through the process of hating my works, but um, i wouldn't say that i can be drawn to the moment when i actually destroy it because i hate it so much but you don't destroy it in order to get rid of it but you destroy it to make something else out of it right i tell you a funny story to that actually
0: um, the other part of the canvas which was a little bit bigger part um, i worked on that actually last year last year i worked on it and i exhibited it in hamburg like end of this year, begin, uh, end of last year, beginning of this year. And the same collector who bought the first piece said to me, I'm gonna have that painting. So he bought the other half without knowing that it's the same, that it's painting. The same painting. And you cannot recognize it because it's I totally painted over it. So you wouldn't see it, that it was the same thing. You could never tell, but That's he was amazing. drawn to it. Yeah. And that is what I always say, like um, my paintings, but I guess like everybody else's painting as well. They have a certain energy. And it's really important with what intention you paint. I think there are really beautiful paintings that could never have like the same value than a painting where you really put your heart and your intention into it. I think you can paint like one line with an intention and that has more value than an entire painting um, that is like two meters big and has something figurative because and you put it without emotion and without intention.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a really contemporary thing and uh, like contemporary way of thinking because we are no longer drawn to the beautiful painting that just is like a reproduction of reality, you just paint like art for art's sake, Mm -hmm. you need to have like reason, agenda, like way of thinking behind your art in order for it to be like a powerful and valuable piece. Yes. I would like to say that I really love how you engage in important topics. I am really fascinated with your engagement with feminism, how you recreated the traditional German story into the story uh, that contains a female figure. And I can always see your feminism, uh, your will to talk about feminism and convey it through your art, even when we work uh, in university together. Um, maybe would you like to disclose a little bit what you are working on now because I feel like this is a really big step towards like feminism and contemporary thinking.
0: Uh, thank you. So um, that, that sounds really, um, um, really huge and um, I, I wish I was that courageous but I really think I'm working on my personal history and many can relate to it. So um, I might have a feministic approach or like a womanistic approach. I think womanistic approach is a better word than feministic approach. But um, I explore my own worlds and then apply it to a wider field. And that's something that um, I learned in Royal College of Art a lot, how the thing that you only feel actually put it into a navigation of your practice, right? Really how to navigate your practice. And what I'm doing right now is uh, I looked at typical status symbols for yeah. women yes um but not only that women could show their status but also what men bought women to show the status mm-hmm. that they have with the women so i'm um having i'm drawing inspiration from a necklace that is like huge diamond necklace and it was like a total symbol for status and value and a woman would wear it to um to show like not only the her wealth, but also being like an accessoire for the man, right? And the yes. man could show how he can afford that beautiful jewelry um, for his wife. And I think it was Pamilato who, in the 50s, uh, as, a, as a brand, as a, as a jewelry brand, um, made the first commercial actually addressed to, towards women, because uh, back then it was only um, advertisement that, for example, the big labels, I don't i don't want to mention them, but like big labels would only make advertisement towards men like, hey, look, buy this nice necklace for your woman.
1: It's so crazy. But it was
0: not uh, addressed to the women themselves. Yeah. So Pamelado okay. made a big step to actually encourage women to um, buy um, jewelry for themselves. And before that, it was only to, I don't know, like an object, right? To, to treat a woman like I can buy you. Oh, this is exactly. what I feel with it. I don't, I don't, I don't say yeah. that it was the intention, but this is how I feel. Um, women were treated back then, so I'm really trying to um, to detach the value of the um, stones from the jewelry and also from the woman wearing it, and try to um, create a painting that is showing the the real value behind um, behind that. Yeah, and really
1: de- it. I really love how you have this incredible ability to re-narrate stories. Like, the same thing you did with the German story, now you're doing with the story of jewels. I mean, I have never thought about it, how the jewels marketer wanted to direct the advert at, the, at men. And back in those days, men didn't even wear jewelry, like, at all. Now it's changing, but Uh, they didn't wear, like, necklaces or beautiful, you know, like, diamond earrings. Mm -hmm. Yet all the advertisements were directed at them. Mm -hmm. And women who actually wore them, they just became, like, unnecessary, like, is it the jewelry that's the accessory to the woman or is the woman accessory to the jewelry
0: yes also when we look at engagement rings for example it's the best thing engagement ring were kind of like a guarantee okay if i leave you you have enough money to um yeah to, to live so um also how diamond prices are pushed uh up it's like a you create value um
1: by Wanting to
0: create value but doesn't really have the value. And yes,
1: I understand. Also concerning like the patriarchal word, isn't it? Is it actually about like the gift to your uh, loved one, to the female that you fell in love with, or is it more about like the competition between men, mm-hmm. who is exactly. gonna afford a bigger stone? Is it like really showing his love towards woman, or is it show? Is it like meeting his personal ambition to be able to? buy the most expensive stone that his wife will show off afterwards.
0: Exactly. And it's like we have it in modern days, right? Like uh, uh, the men who can afford like the expensive handbags for their women and they carry it as like a status symbol. I think also in art we have to really question um, the value of art pieces Yes, and how we create value like how, why is one art piece, I mean you can explain it Then, how many exhibitions did the artists have, what topics is he concerning, but mm, how do you price an art piece? It's such a delicate topic.
1: It is, yeah, definitely. And these are like such big this, uh, proportions with uh, the value of the same uh, sized canvas or the same sized artwork made with similar materials it's crazy so can you tell me a little bit like uh, if we talk about art pieces and art movements what artists influence you and who is your biggest inspiration so um, practice wise i'm definitely inspired by
0: mark rodko also jackson pollock who um, really laid focus on a more um how do i say intuitive uh, way, way of painting. painting yeah and i love how um looking from a psychological perspective um there is a lot going on in your own consciousness that you can really put to a canvas by stop thinking okay you know like you're an artist yourself you're i'm sure you know the process of just being in flow and just yes. stop thinking what you're doing and i think that is actually the moment where you really do the best work because you just stop letting your thoughts control your hand movements.
1: I love this idea, really. I Sometimes I catch myself, uh, like, when I stop thinking about what I'm doing and then it actually flows. Mm-hmm. And when I try to focus and I, I think about every single brush stroke, it looks really bad. <laughs>
0: There is also like there are artists working on, um, for example, Marina Abramovic was um, looking at brain waves uh, of of like uh, people and how they're deciding consciousness are uh, conscious or unconscious. And I I love that that approach to really um, work with your inner world. Yeah. And your inner world can only show if you're like your consciousness is um,
1: sleeping. It's great. It's great. Like, uh, I love uh, Marina Abramović too. I find her work great, but she's a performance artist. I feel like this is a really interesting thing how we can draw from different art techniques and actually transform it into painting like the way you think. It's quite similar, but the delivery and the methods are quite different. Mm. Yes, yeah, so. it's a
0: transcription, really. Yeah. So we we what we perceive in the outside world and what we learn and what we experience, we then transcript into painting. And that's also something that is new when when like I started at RCA, like what can be a painting? So there is a lot. You can actually form a pot of clay and and use that as a canvas, and then you have a painting, which is actually a, a, a sculpture, like a non-schooled, I would say, <laughs> but yes. it is a painting in the eyes of uh, of the art world.
1: You can question every single piece of your painting. Uh, you can question the brush. You can paint with whatever, it doesn't need to be a brush. You can question the surface. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's great to be like free of all the limits mm-hmm. and just go beyond all of that. That's why I love that I
0: painted before going to art school. Because I really learned everything by myself and by exploring. Mm-hmm. And that was really taking away the limitation of rules. Okay, so I love that I developed my practice before even going to art school and that I now can refine the way I navigate my practice and get some new ways of research and new ways of uh, um, placing my my practice into a contemporary context, but really to be that free when you paint. I, I love that about my work that it's developed before like
1: applying the rules of the society to it. You are so free of all the schemes and I feel like this is probably one of the few ways to develop a very personal and unique style because Without knowing, you just do things intuitively. You see yourself how it looks like, and you can develop. You can discover a completely new technique. You don't need to be bound to like the schemes that you learn, and the art tutor tells you not to change anything because it will ruin the effect. But maybe this ruined effect is actually a good one. Like yeah. you can always rip the painting, and it will become happy accidents. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, your uh, practice is really developing at RCA. You are exploring so many different things, but um, you are working along other students like me or our peers, who um, are also trying to develop, but they have never had such an intense experience with the gallery that you had. I'm really interested in it. Could you tell us a little bit how your journey with gallery started? How was your first vernissage like and can you bring us back in time? Yes, of course. So I was working on a
0: normal life job but I always said I want to do art so I got all my courage together and said I'm gonna decide for art now. And what I usually do when I decide on something is that I really start talking about it and that is a tip I can give to anyone. If you have a vision, speak about it. Okay. There, like if you don't knock at the door, nobody can open.
1: Mm, <laughs> Sounds a great metaphor.
0: Like uh, speak about it. So that's what I did. I said like I will now focus on my art career and it happened that um, over um, a now really good collector of mine who was really art-interested, obviously, and was connected with the gallery Melby-Conan. He advised, or he, like, recommended my my work to Stella melby and she's the director of the gallery Melby-Conan, and she invited me, and she had a look at my work. And she is really professional. She worked in Paris for seven years, she worked for Centre Pompidou, she worked for Musée Carnavalet. she studied at the Musée de Louvre and she really um, thought that my work was good and she wanted to give it a go so we had my first uh, exhibition so we had my debut in on the 3rd of September 2022 I remember that exactly because I was <laughs> obviously really nervous Yeah. and I uh, displayed my work we selected a, a couple of works and we displayed it among other artists and there yeah They uh, got sold really quickly, so I was sold out. And my experience in first selling art was incredible because the Gallery Mabekona is really prestigious, so they were not really cheap, right? So seeing somebody um, wanting to pay so much money for my work really was a special experience for me. I can imagine. It was giving me so much... Um I I never thought I'm I'm good enough, you know, like mm-hmm. to to be there and she discovered that potential in me and she believed in me and she really builded up my career from then on. So what I loved about people engaging with my art pieces is that I mean they're abstract, you know, but maybe the listeners don't, so I'm working really abstract and I am having a style where you could, if you have a lot of imagination, you can see um, almost figurative um, elements emerging in it. So, yes. people looking at my work and see things that I didn't intentionally painted there. So. Um, once I I painted a painting and it was called um Libic Bang, so it's like the the creation of the universe, right? And I painted it in black, white, and red and blue. Okay. So it was really like a star explosion from my perspective of uh, from my point of view, and that's what was I what I tried to express. And the person who bought it in the end, he stood in front of the painting and he looked at it and he said like, wow. That is that is like a really nice herd of cows. Oh <laughs> my gosh! So um, he saw like that herd of cows. I was like, okay, how do you see a herd of cows? He's like, yeah, look at the cow looking there, and this one really nice. So I I got a, into conversation with him, and he really uh, um, explained how he grew up on a farm life, and for me, I kind of draw the conclusion that maybe this is his Big Bang, maybe this is his start of the universe, maybe this is like where his life started. So it was kind of connected to to what I thought originally. But mm, what I love about my work is that it draws people into the now. So they look at my canvas and they see something and they think that I painted it, but they really get in contact with themselves, and that is what a good therapist should do, right?
1: Oh yes, in, yes, In psychology.
0: <laughs> so um, really having the connection back to your unconsciousness and um, seeing things in the outside world that is really within yourself, and being able to uh, to feel emotions that are like hidden inside of you. And I, for the first time in my life, not only I was really par- proud. Of course, I really, was really, really proud, but I felt like my work has a value because people start to be in the now and that is something that i really really love and it's so important
1: in today's world it's to be like present yeah. yeah i
0: think it's a form of healing art can be healing if people connect with it and can feel something they couldn't feel before
1: yeah and it's amazing how uh, with the abstract pieces that drive you to think and to analyze and when you engage with the shapes that maybe weren't intentional by the artist you can discover your own thoughts. Maybe, yeah, the cows, the farm life was so much on uh, the mind of this man. He just unintentionally saw them in your painting and your film was completely different, but it resonated with him so much. He saw so, uh, himself in the painting, but in the end, it was not so different, I think,
0: because like I intentionally made like the beginning of the world. But yes. for him, it was his beginning of the world. So the yes. energy was matching actually, and that's interesting how your intention can shape like the perspective. So of course he didn't see like uh, stars crashing, but he saw his personal big bang.
1: That's an amazing story. I feel, I feel like this is the goal of every artist to get uh, to some persons on such, such a deep level to make them resonate with your art so much. It's beautiful. Thank you. So I feel like, oh my gosh, you definitely had the most beautiful beginning of the art career like the first vernissage so successful
0: yes they were all sold the pieces were also and i I felt so proud because not proud in a like um, ego kind of way but um i felt okay this is my path of life and i never questioned it but of course you if you start your career, you're always um, insecure. Oh, will people actually buy my art? And then when you have such a, such a success, of course it was in collaboration with the Gallery Maybe Conan, and they made a huge, they have a huge impact. Of course, they have a, a good network of collectors and they have um, really beautiful display space yeah. and everything. But um, in the end, I was really happy that I could uh, start my career like that.
1: Yes, in the end, it's your work, it's your faults, it's your techniques, it's your personality in the paintings.
0: It's really like an ecosystem, I feel like yeah. the gallery working with the artist and there are so many bad galleries out there who really use the artists and I was so lucky to actually um, be with a gallery who values my work and myself.
1: Anna, I'm really interested in what are your challenges right now and how do you overcome them and then what are your aspirations for the future?
0: Yes, interesting question. So recently when I was back in Hamburg I met a a collector and we were speaking, it was a business event and I know he had a great art collection and we we got into talking and he said to me, well I'm really like um, inspired by your story and, and your work but in the end I will always invest in male artists because like female artists, they can get pregnant no. and, <laughs> and then you're investors. Yes, so I've, I was, of course, really frustrated with that and I thought about it a lot and it's still like hurting me a lot hearing that. Of course. And I think there is a big mission for female artists to actually go out there, there is. and if I have the opportunity, I would love to actually go to universities and teach female artists about how to navigate your career. Because in art school you learn about your practice a lot and um, how you uh, reach a certain goal art-wise and uh, setting techniques. Yes, Um, But I would love to speak to young young female artists also to um, encourage them to not only um, sell their work or, like, on the price, or like with a bad gallery, or like taking opportunities that sound tempting, but actually know how you choose a gallery, what factors are important if you're working with someone, what contract you need to have in order to be safe as an artist, especially as a yes. female artist. So, I would love to speak about that in, in university, and my ultimate goal, but I'm speaking like in 10 years, um, if I have enough. Um, uh, Background: I would love to found a foundation for young female artists to support them in their careers, especially in their start of a career, and especially with uh, children and um, building families.
1: So you told us that your advice is to really speak about your art and mm-hmm. go forward forward with your story. Do you have any other advice that you'll advise to the young artists starting their career? Um, I would, looking back on the last
0: three years now, say play the long game. Yeah. Don't sell yourself to galleries that don't value your work. Rather wait for two more years until you um, can build a career that is substantial, that is really speaking to what you want to do. I know it's hard to um, be in that art world and be in that um, competitive space. But it is better to play a long game and really working with people who know what they're doing. And while you, you work, than making a quick shot, but then ruining the rest of your career because you're working with some commercial, commercial okay. art gallery that is not really um, with a deep mindset and deep mission.
1: That, that's a great advice. And I feel like It's really tempting to go for the easiest option Mm -hmm. to quickly earn money like sometimes you don't have a choice but it's good to hear that there is another way and you can really make the effort of waiting and selecting a good gallery and trying to get in touch with them and actually do it
0: yes and also trust them they know what they're doing right if you have a gallerist who's working in that field for so long you can really trust them And yeah, look, just look for um, the right gallerist and not somebody who is like making it as a career because they want to make money, but really somebody who studied it and has experience, and has the network, yeah.
1: You gave us such valuable advice, Anna Belen. Thank you for sharing your insights and experiences with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show.
0: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity speaking here, and it was such a pleasure. Thank you again for the snacks. You couldn't see it in the audience, but they were
1: amazing. <laughs> and thank you, of course, uh, to our listeners for joining us on this artistic exploration with Anna. Um, be sure to visit her website, uh, Belen Fine Art, and her Instagram. We will link it on the Young Artists Podcast Instagram. And stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.
0: Bye.